I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The shark is like a baby turtle going towards the ocean. This is his natural habitat. The season has hatched. The sharp is the turtle. I'm heading into the surf because I am betting on football this weekend. Who you betting on? Always on black, fast stacks in the pocket hole, squad fast cash. Send the bookie, tell him bring it from the bag. No, we coming for the bag. West Coast game. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the few in attendance and the thousands listening around the world, let's get ready to gamble. My name is Tony Cavallo. As always, I'm joined by Matthew Dangles, Daniel Antonio, Schaefer the Sharp, Drew Schaefer Crookson, and we are the West Coast Gamblers, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. And boys, oh boys, it is time to celebrate the return of the NFL. From now until the end of the year, this show is going to be fully NFL-oriented. We're going to be coming at you hard with many August shows coming up. We have the Mary Fuck Kill for the divisional previews coming up. We have a bunch of futures and prop shows that we're going to be throwing at you. We even... We even are delving for the first time ever to help those daily fantasy players with a fantasy-specific show coming next week with a guest from the betting predators, Mr. Chris Dell himself. Today, though, is all about the celebration, the return of football. It's training camp. It's time to dive into those training camp battles, talk about our individual teams for the first time all year. And Drew, what marks to you the beginning of the NFL season, training camp specifically? What on the calendar opens up your eyes to be like, it's time for football. It's not anything on the calendar, Tony. It's that classic. (laughs) And Liv Schreiber's beautiful, silky, sexy voice comes on the air. So it's like velvet mixed with peanut butter. And my pants tighten and the hair in the back of my neck stands up. And I know Dangles doesn't like this, but we we, we record at an undisclosed hour. But I'll tell you, it's fucking late on the East Coast. And I am fired up, boys. I am, I can't, I cannot sit still. It's not a I show so excited. Dates. Hard, hard knocks is the, is the short answer, Tony. Hard knocks. That's what I was what looking to get. Signifies football is back. That it is does. correct. It's time. And we have the Dallas Cowboys this year, Tony, featuring Super Bowl champion Mike McCarthy. Jerry Jones, Dak Prescott is back, Zeke Elliott looking healthy. Um, I, I got to say, I, I was uh, impressed to, to see. Well, you know, I mean, we, let's just let's just jump into the uh, into this, guys, here, because, you know, the Dallas Cowboys are a team. They have a lot of, of good players on their team, right? They're, a lot of great they're, players, they're yeah. They're very, very good players on the Dallas Cowboys. But this is also a team, and granted, last year, obviously, they're relying on Garrett Gilbert and Ben DiNucci to do a lot of the quarterback work with Dak's injury. However... 
this is still a team that is kind of on the cusp here in a division that that last year didn't have a team with a winning record. Correct. And they're awfully jovial. They're awfully loose. They're awfully, uh, you know, nonchalant. And maybe it's just that first week of training camp. I'm sure they're excited to be back. And let's not forget that there, there was no one at training camp last year due to COVID. And now all the fans are back. And that's yep. got to create, you know, a, a feeling of, but I don't know. They just seemed, uh, maybe I'm maybe I'm just a stickler, a stickler. But to me, they seemed a little more relaxed than I'd like to see. As a as an NF, if I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, I'm sitting here going, this team doesn't look to me like they're ready to win a Super Bowl, despite whatever you know Mike McCarthy you know it says with his mojo moments getting you there. That's exactly right. That's a, mojo. Mike McCarthy likes to have a lackadaisical training camp. Everybody's feeling good. Everybody's feeling loose. But Drew, we watched episode one. We have some notes on it. Some things you picked up. Some things you liked, didn't like. What did you see out of episode one that got the fervor going? Well, first of all. It's a it's an unbelievable production, as both of you boys know. I mean, it's just Gorgeous. a fantastic. Well, it's a great production. production. Everything I mean, about it. The it, audio is so good. It, like the shots are great. I love I love the work they do. It, it's something that my wife can sit on the couch with me and actually be interested in and watch. And she's right. more interested in that than actually watching the football TV. game. That's how I got exactly. my, that's how I got my wife into it. I was like, honey, this is this is a reality yeah. TV show featuring men in pads. That's it. But. We're not here to talk about why our wives watch Hard Knocks with us, Dangles. We're here to assess the Hard Knocks episode. And let me tell you, I'm on record. I'm not a particular Cowboys uh, fan uh, person of affection. We're talking about a franchise here. And I have some of my best friends in the world are Cowboys fans, uh, a.k.a. Matt, Matthew Coleman, friend of the program. However, this is a franchise that since they won their third Super Bowl in four years in 1995, mm-hmm. They have won four. Count them. Four playoff games in 20 years. 26 years for those of you at home without calculators. 26 years. Thank you. Not 21. 26. And also, and also, they haven't even been to a, a conference championship. So the fact that the only time I can remember in Hard Knocks history, that opening credit scene, that they actually feature Cowboys fans is just too perfect for me to even comprehend. I could not believe their fans made the opening credits. Second of all, Mike McCarthy... Uh, he shouldn't quit his day job as head coach because he's a horrible stand-up comedian. He's referencing four years after they won their Super Bowl, referencing a movie, came out in 1999, The Spy Who Shagged Me, Austin Powers, yep. the most overrated character in the history of fucking cinema. And also... That, that, that's egregious. That's egregious. I will not sit no, here no, and stand no. for slander age well. of Austin Powers. What's Absolutely Mike Myers not. done re- for me recently? Didn't age well. Mike Myers... Uh, What's he pre- done? Pretty one note if you ask me. He was in NFL. This, that was his recently. He is ridden off into the sunset. He's like Gene what? Wilder status. He's Kirk Douglas I guess. Status. He doesn't have anything to prove to anyone anymore. He had a great run anyway. on SNL. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm rambling. Anyway, how dare you slander Austin Powers? Well, I, 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 thought, I thought the attempt at the mojo moment was embarrassing. I thought Jerry Jones putting salt on his breakfast sandwich was embarrassing. That, that, was, um, that was disgusting. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so it, much but, salt. But, but, but it was. But saying that, I mean, I love the show being back. The Cowboys fans are complete dorks. But got to root for a guy like Dak, obviously. Micah Parsons needs to get some more food in the system in practice. Um, but like I said, I cannot wait. I cannot wait for all five episodes, and I really enjoyed it. Can't miss TV. My biggest notes have to do with everything you just mentioned there. Micah Parsons, to me, I cannot wait to see him on the field, but he looks a little bit light to be a, a linebacker. You see him next sure to does. Jalen Smith. They're like two different positions. They're playing right next to each other. all snacks they had at Penn State practices. He, he didn't take enough part of those. Yeah, he, he needs—he yeah. he looks—I mean, again, we'll see how he plays, but Jerry Jones— 
that was to me my favorite moment of the show when he put the salt on the breakfast sandwich because it was such a, a, a humanizing moment for him. Right. Because we have all been on a phone call with someone, business related, and had a meal in front of us and said those words, All right, I'm going to let you go now, aka get off the phone. I need to eat my breakfast. We have all been there. Too and many Jerry times. Jones puts his pants on one leg after the other, just like us. And last thing, boys, listen, I know that Jerry Jones. He's worth $8.9 billion, okay? So I believe, I believe he cares. I believe he cares about the Dallas Cowboys, and he'd do anything known to man to get this team to a Super Bowl. He was crying but, at the press sorry, conference. Sorry, sorry if I don't have empathy for you, Jerry, when you tear up at your press conference saying there's no place I'd rather be. And a quick Jerry Jones story. In our previous <laughs> life, me and Tony Cavallo, we did some high-end events in Los Angeles, and I had the privilege of approaching Jerry Jones and Bobby Kraft at a party, a Vandy Fair Oscar party, and Jerry Jones comes up. He actually is like, um... Uh, I, I, I like a whiskey, and uh, I don't. It, it's uh, uh, it, a maker's mark. That's my only Jerry Jones story. All right, unsick. Here, so first of all, thank you to HBO for making me look at Dak's gnarly broken ankle. Not once, not twice, but three times yeah. in the opening credit scene intense. to kick off the episode. That was yeah. I'm like jumping around the room, going like, oh god, because I didn't like watching it when I watched it live, and I didn't like watching it again when it was on the show. Uh, also, very seriously considering uh, CD's nuts for my fantasy league teams across the board <laughs> this year. Yep. After CD got sack tapped in that in that first uh, uh, little uh, vignette. Uh, that they did there on a by a DB on a route. Uh, uh, also, probably I, drafting. I, him I will in like say every this is league, clever but. name. S- speaking clever of name CD Vegas. Lamb, this is the Hard Knocks curse, though, because every time a Hard Knocks comes on, all our fantasy players go. You know what? You know who looks good? So and so for the Hard Knocks mm-hmm. team. David Nuaku. David Nuaku. Uh, yeah, friend of the show, Alex Alche did this a couple of years ago with the Brown. He watched Hard Knocks. He got super high on it, and it, I don't think it. I we could we could check with Alche, but I don't seem to recall that working out well for him. I think Zeke's coming back. This whole entire episode well, made me think, I think was Zeke's all coming about back, him. boys. And can we talk about how criminally open he was on that first play that they showed in the episode where he catches a pass off a wheel route and goes for the house call? Leighton Vander Esch just like, I, I, it was his own coverage, clearly, because Vander Esch did nothing. But, I mean, good Lord, he was wide open. Again, training camp, I'm, I'd say that with a grain of salt. And last thing on Zeke, am I really supposed to believe that Ezekiel Elliott is a first-time present rapper. This dude looks up a video on YouTube, which you don't do unless you don't know how to do it, and then he goes, no, I'll just wing it, and the end product is more impeccable than anything I've ever seen my mom rap. It's not, I don't buy it. there, yeah, there was some superior editing in that. Either in that the producer read it, no, uh, edited it for him, or but he, I, I don't know. There is, there is shenanigans afoot. Dangles, he actually, I looked it up. He actually, no, he actually took that class at Ohio State, present rapping. Oh, that must to have been a, his his senior year elective. Yeah, to put those a cap were six on credit it, hours. To put a cap on it, uh, a, a face I did not remember I was going to be seeing on Hard Knocks. Congratulations on Dan Quinn for continuing to work in the NFL. He found himself a job. He is the Dallas defensive coordinator. Hopefully it does goes better than Atlanta did. I don't know if it will. But that's it for the hard knock section. We're going to take a quick break, and then after this, we're going to talk about our three individual teams. Training camp has opened. The Packers, the Patriots, and Drew's shitty-ass Lions coming up next. West, 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 West Coast Gamblers. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, boys, training camp is open. Every team is undefeated. It is time to look at the 17 games ahead, newly 17 games ahead, and say we're going to go 17-0 and because of what we do in August when the pads are finally on. Drew, I'm going to start with you. Dan Campbell, new head coach, new mottos. He's a big rah-rah guy. He's got the team doing up-downs first, first practice of the year. What's going on in Detroit? What do you have to look at in training camp? Are you excited? Are you hesitant? What are you looking forward to? Guys, I've never been more excited for a training camp in a long time, and I am taking <laughs> this with a grain, with multiple grains of Jerry Jones salt on my breakfast sandwich to say <laughs> clearly, repeatedly, I do not think the Detroit Lions will be good this year. I will not fall victim to the cyberbullying that Tony Squares Cavallo sends our group texts about the dumb Lions. I will not be subjective to it because here's why. We have a plan. This is a rebuild. So when I see Dan Camel do the down-ups, does that bother me? No, it doesn't bother me. I like it. When I, when I see him at the press conference say, oh, I get two venties like this, two espresso shots. I, we, at some point this, this year, boys, we are going to do the Dan Campbell Starbucks challenge no. and see how that works. No. That would be intense. I will but, die. But, but some fo- so, and also probably one of the coolest things uh, of the Olympics, watching David Blau's wife, Melissa Gonzalez, compete in the 400-meter awesome. relay. Awesome. Awesome. Loved watching that. So some of the takeaways, though, of actual training camp, uh, guys, I mean, hey, you, you know, Jared Goff, very, very vanilla, running a solid offense. Our boy Ammon Ra St. Brown, fourth round pick, he's balling out and he's getting a couple fights, which may or may, or may not be encouraged. Uh, by the head coach, Dan Campbell. Deshaun Hand, he's hurt again. What a shocker that is. He hasn't yep. played a game in four years. Um, however, I'll tell you what. Being in the state, uh, there is so much buzz around just optimism, right? And again, it's not optimistic for this year. It's optimistic of the future. We have a plan. We got draft picks. We got new front office. And has there ever, in the history of the NFL, has there ever been a more hated ex-coach than Matt Patricia? No, no. You you look at you look at these guys' exit interviews, and it's insane. It's insane. He, I've not heard one person essentially say a good thing about him. I've not heard one player say a bad thing about Dan Campbell, Brad Holmes. So I'm I'm loving life, guys. I'm loving training camp. I cannot wait. I mean, listen, they play the Bills every preseason. Who cares? But. You know, I'll be tuning in, of course. Oh, I mean, I'll be tuning in, too. I know Dangles has a lot to talk about the Patriots, but uh, real quick on Green Bay, this is the first time that all the Packers fans get to see Jordan Love actually play a football game in a Green Bay uniform. Preseason is going to be all Jordan Love. Aaron Rodgers won't take a snap. Very, very, very excited to see that. Very excited to see the young wide receivers we have. And apparently, from what I hear in training camp, our first-round pick, Eric Stokes, is going to kick Kevin King to the sideline and take over the second cornerback job. I would be very pleased to see that. Excited to watch Jordan Love. But Dangles, the Patriots, a lot of new faces in New England, a lot of moving pieces, a, a dip in the Bill Belichick tenure from last year, but now it's Cam Newton versus Mac Jones, all these new faces in there. Dangles, what do you have for your love for the Patriots? You know, it, it's been an oddly quiet training camp for the Patriots, all things considered with all the moving pieces you mentioned and everything outside of the quarterback battle. You know, it's it's been more or less par for the course. And I, I, mean, I guess in, in the sense that there's nothing 
there's nothing crazy going on. I, I watched a little bit of Mac, who, by the way, is wearing number 50 in training camp, which is I yep. think is, is great. He'll be probably shifting to 10, I think, when he gets on the field. Um, throwing to some tight ends, uh, throwing to Johnny Smith on a couple of out routes, um, throwing to Hunter Henry a couple of times. He looks solid. He's, he's making the throws well. It's, it's good to see him getting some throws in the weather, considering he's probably not used to that, playing his college career in Tuscaloosa and growing up in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, so it's, it was raining a little bit last week uh, in Foxborough, so it was nice to see that. His throws are clean. He's leading receivers well. Jacoby Myers said he's um, learning the offense quickly, which doesn't surprise me, I guess, considering how close Belichick and Saban are and, and what I know about his um, high football IQ when it comes to offensive concepts. And the Patriots' offense is complex. Josh McDaniels runs a, a very complex offense. Um, and, you know, I, on, the, on the other side of things, Mike Rice, Patriots, uh, Patriots reporter for ESPN, noted some considerable support from the fans for Cam as he uh, walked into camp uh, earlier this week on Tuesday which I think is just important to flag in the sense that, like, you know, for Cam, he probably wants fans to love him. Like, I mean, I, you know, he's a guy who will use hatred as motivation, but it makes it that much easier, and the fans are behind you and not worrying about at every second about, you know, what everyone is, what everyone is saying. Um, we did lose Raekwon McMillan to a torn ACL, and Belichick was kind of high on him, so that was a bummer to see uh, in that. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, guys, I think Cam starts week one, and, and this is why, because he can be a sacrificial lamb. If Cam goes out there and stinks, and by all accounts from what I'm seeing in training camp, that's probably what's going to happen because I haven't seen anything different from him that I saw last year. If he goes out there and stinks, then everybody's just kind of like, oh, well, we kind of figured this was going to happen. And then Mac Jones uh, uh, comes in. And, you know, we go from there. But if Mac Jones starts and he stinks, then the expectations, because they're so high for Mac, I think I think that could potentially hamper him. And if he goes out there and has a bad game, throws three picks in the first half, then people will start hitting the panic button. And I, I don't want to see that for Mac. So my hope is that they'll start Cam, put him out there. I think that is what will happen unless, unless, Cam, or unless Mac um, uh, creates a situation where he is the guy. Because I know Belichick is just going to start, even in a preseason game, whoever gives them the best chance to win the football game. Sorry um, to interrupt you, Dangles, yeah. but you brought up the panic button. And my question to you guys is, how quickly do the New York Jets fans press the panic button when Zach Wilson throws three picks in week one? So fast. So yeah. fast. Because he's the fu- he is the future. Like, the Patriots have some other things to rest on. Like, with Cam and and not any of the players we had last year, we got seven wins. The Jets aren't a team that is going to be able to get seven wins if Zach Wilson is not uh, as advertised. So I, I want to finish by touching on three things I liked from three or a couple of things that I like. I'm going to call them my X's and O's. The X's being things that I don't want to see anymore, like X those out, and the O's being like, oh, that's nice. I'd like to keep those around. Uh, so first of all, again, like <laughs> ladies I said, and gentlemen, a Dangles produced segment. I love it. It's great. It's great. I came up with this. Uh, I came up with this this afternoon. So, like I said, neither QB looks particularly strong. They both look good at times and not so good at times. And I'm willing to cut Mac a little slack uh, for that because he's a rookie. But Cam still seems to be Cam. He's making some throws he needs to. But guys, it looks far from effortless. It looks like he's trying really hard every time he's throwing the ball, and that's not good. I want to see somebody emerge as a leader at the end of this quarterback who, who battle, whoever it is. Second, need to get Christian Barr more healthy. I'm really high on him. Uh, would like. I think he can be a difference maker in the middle of our defense. Um, and then I need to be hearing more about Kyle Duggar. We spent a second-round pick on a completely unknown quantity as far as fans are concerned from D2. He had some opportunities last year. He's a big dude, 6'2", 220, comparable in size to Derwin James. He can play down in the box. Um, but I need to be hearing more about him in training camp. And then and then the O's, what I like. Guys, Nikhil Harry is having a hell of a camp. He made a couple of really impressive catches, including a diving catch for a touchdown after he cooked Joe Williams. 
uh, on a stop and go. He doesn't have breakneck speed, um, but he's showing he can go up and get it if you put it up there for him. Uh, and second, Drew, your boy, Quinn Norton from Michigan. How about four for four on field goals on Tuesday and then 10 for 10 on Friday last week? Quinn Norton, the kicker, your favorite. It's great. Love it. I hope I, I hope to see uh, keep seeing good things out of this kid. Tangled. What, bro? I no. Listen, I I'm happy. I'm happy that you <laughs> you, you you dug that gym out because that that's no doubt that 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 is a good oh or whatever. Oh, that's nice. Uh, it's the, is it not? That's what I said it would be. I didn't no, say I, we were going to win the Super Bowl because we no, have a rookie no, 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 undrafted no, 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 kicker. No, no. No, no, no. It's, it's not do that. Quinn Nordine, real quick. He was the guy that Jim Harbaugh camped. He slept over and in the treehouse or whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember him. that. I remember yeah, that yeah, story. That, that, that's Quinn Nordine. Yeah, okay. and, and he proceeded to be one of the most volatile, volatile inconsistent, horrible kickers in Michigan football history. Now, <laughs> he's got a big leg. He's got a big leg. So if somehow, if somehow he goes to the New England Patriots and produces, then Jim Harbaugh is just what we thought he was just the worst coach of all time. And is that not a possibility? A would it be crazy? Dumpster fire at Michigan. Would it be crazy but he, but if Belichick could get a something fire. out of a, uh, out of a player that another coach couldn't? I don't think it'd be that crazy. Yes, it's the kicker no. position, but look, he went 10 for 10 last week. Like, I like seeing this in training camp, especially when our other guy is old and hurt. We have well, no yeah. one else. Uh, and we all also know that the New England Gillette Stadium weather is, is perfect for kickers to be consistent and above average <laughs> yeah. when they're playing. In, Which in is that, why we need someone who goes house. 10 for 10 uh, in camp. So, look, it's a kicker. I'm still excited to see the progress. Um, and then the last thing is, look, the defense seems to be as good as it was. We have depth at cornerback. We've added Matthew Judon, Devon Godshaw. We've got some names on the uh, on the defense there. Stephon Gilmore is on the, the, the pup list right now, but I'm hoping he'll be ready for game time. So... I'm optim I mean overall I'm I'm optimistic about our chances. I I bet we see I bet we see Mac Jones before week 4. Maybe not in a starting capacity, but on the field throwing throwing balls, we see him before week 4. Well, from the individual team training camp reports that we've just given, I do want to dive into some training camp battles as well. But first, I need to put on my crown here because as Dangles knows and as Drew will one day find out, there is no one on this planet that is better at fantasy football than the voice you're listening to right now. That's Tony Cavallo is one of the best, if not the best, fantasy football prognosticator in the history of fantasy football. Matthew Barry should be calling me. And it all starts in training camp, in preseason, in these preseason training camp battles. Because, you know, in Green Bay, there, there's, there's a fight over who's going to start at right guard. In Detroit, there's a fight over who's going to get the second and third wide receiver positions. All that stuff's going to be worked out in the preseason, and that's what you're watching for if you are a fan of these teams or any team. So I have five training camp battles that are fantasy-specific, a little bit of a, a nugget of, of future looks for our, our, our show next week with Chris Dell. But Drew and Dangles, I want to present to you five training camp battles, fantasy-specific, that we should be watching in the preseason. And I want you guys to rate these on a scale of sexiness, okay? Which training camp battle is the sexiest to you on a scale of Melissa McCarthy to Margot Robbie, okay? First one. I am five, not using number that. Number five. Number five. I am in not the hood. using that scale. 
Number five in the I'm hood. Not okay? using that scale. <laughs> and this is the least sexy position to prognosticate, but it is a big position if you want to win your fantasy battles. It is the position of tight end. And there is not a position that I hate more. And we have to go to that hard knocks team, the Dallas Cowboys. Because for the two years that Dak was healthy, the Dallas tight end produced at a top 12 level. And last year before the season began, Dallas gave Blake Jarwin a contract for four years and $22 million to be the tight end of the future. He played 25 snaps before suffering. Uh, Suffering a season-ending injury, and a man named Dalton Schultz took his place. Dalton Schultz, the least sexiest name in fantasy football, produced at a tight end 10 level, top 10 level, as the backup tight end in Dallas. Now we come into camp, Blake Jarwin is healthy. Dalton Schultz is not giving up that starting position easily. My first training camp battle that I cannot wait to see come out is who wins the Dallas tight end battle, Blake Jarwin or Dalton Schultz, because that's the guy I'll be taking in the later rounds in order to produce at a top 10 level. Is that sexy at all to you two idiots? Uh, it's like, um, it's like uh, Melissa McCarthy, uh, Tammy Sexy. Uh, both, those, b- both those tight ends, like the Cowboys, <laughs> both, those, both those tight ends are going to produce. But you're going to take a Cowboys tight end when you got CeeDee Lamb, when you got Michael Gallup, when you got Zeke, Tony Pollard out of the backfield, if, if if Cooper ever gets healthy, I would just I, I would I'm not sure I'm not sure He's about back. He's yeah, good to yeah. go. I'm not sure about I, I'm not sure, I, I think it's a great battle, but I would I think you have to give the edge to to, to Blake, I, right? I, I get I that think you do too, and I hope they do because either way I'll be taking them. That's the key, Drew. They when it comes Blake. to all those teams, both Mike McCarthy, Green Bay teams produced at the tight end level, and Dak uses his tight end as well. This is a position where you're going to draft late, where you get those keepers, you get those sleepers, those guys that win you fantasy leagues. Another way to win fantasy leagues is getting that wide receiver two or wide receiver three from a high producing offense. So I'm going to training camp battle number four. Listen. I don't care who the number one wide receiver in Baltimore is, okay? I know there's a battle there, but that offense does not produce wide receivers. You know what offense does? The two offenses in Los Angeles, the first one being the Chargers. Last year, Tyron Johnson had 20 receptions, 400 yards, and three touchdowns. Jalen Guyton, 500 yards and three touchdowns, except they drafted a guy in the third round out of Tennessee named Josh Palmer. Whoever wins that third wide receiver spot is a guy you're going to draft in the final round of your fantasy league that will produce at a wide receiver two level that's a sexy matchup that I'm looking to watch that will be decided in preseason training camp the second one will go into the Rams because the Rams they love to trade away their first round draft picks they've done it for five straight years they don't take first round draft picks but in the second round they take wide receivers Two years ago, they took a guy named Van Jefferson. Last year, they took a guy named Tutu Atwell. And then they signed the oldest man in the world but still can run past everybody, Deshaun Jackson. You have Cooper Cup. You have Bobby Woods. Matt Stafford throwing the ball. This offense is going to be the the old Rams offense, the greatest show on turf offense. That third wide receiver, whoever wins the battle, Van Jefferson, Tutu Atwell, or Deshaun Jackson, is a guy you must have on your team. If we had to pick, guys, are you going for the Chargers' third-string wide receiver or are you going for the Rams' third-string wide receiver? Which one are you, you looking what, at? I, definitely. I do. I, I, I've heard very good things of potential about a man named Tutu in Los Angeles. I am going to vote, and I'm not going to make a misogynistic comment about Margot Robbie, but I'm going to say um, Suicide Squad Tutu. Okay. 
I'm going the opposite direction. I'm going to the Chargers uh, because I actually have some stuff that I can base that off of. Uh-huh. I know what I'm going to get potentially from Jalen Guyton, you know, assuming, I mean, he had a great year last year. I would assume he survives training camp. Mike Williams is, is slated to have a really good year. I've read, read some, some tweets from a couple of Chargers beat reporters suggesting that he's showed out very well and, and people inside are expecting him to have a really big year. I love Justin Herbert. I love everything I saw from him last year. I'm absolutely hopping on the Chargers wide receiver bandwagon because they will. And, and not that the Rams offense won't spread the ball around more, but you know, Keenan Allen is a guy who he's great on shorter routes and those cuts where you got to dig in. He's not a guy that's going to beat you down the field with breakneck speed. And that's something that the guys like Jalen Guyton and Tyron Johnson can, can do. If you watch their tape from last year, their touchdowns were long bombs where they beat the defense uh, over top. So I'm definitely going with the LA Chargers here. So now we go to the great Northeast, the Buffalo Bills, owner of the now highest paid quarterback in football. I think he's the second highest paid quarterback in football in Josh Allen. Now we know that this team needs to find out who's going to get the throws that were going to John Brown. And that's a uh, wide receiver battle that we can look at. Instead, I'm looking in the backfield because I know Josh Allen is the best running back on that team, but there will be a player starting at running back behind him that will get the bulk of the touches. The question is, is it going to be Zach Moss or Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary was drafted by them in the third round, produced at a good uh, rate his rookie year, yet they still drafted Zach Moss the next season. Last year, Zach Moss played 300 less snaps than Devin Singletary and produced better than Devin Singletary. I don't know who's going to win this battle, but I do know a third-round, fourth-round flyer on the guy that you choose here could win or lose you for the beginning few weeks of the fantasy season. Dangles, any insight on the AFC East rivalry, Zach Moss or Devin Singletary? Personally, who would you be more afraid of to face against your New England team? Uh, that's a tough one because we have less tape on Zach Moss, but I also know, and we also know that Devin Singletary has struggled with ball security in the past. That's been a big issue. And I owned him in our 16 team in uh, fantasy league last year, and he spent most of the season on my bench. Now, granted that is because I have, I had other running backs that were far and away better and he didn't just ever really qualify for a flex position, but still he's also injury prone. I'm going to give the edge to Zach Moss here. I think, Um, I think, I I think you you have to, I just based on what Singletary has done over the last two seasons, he hasn't, he's had flashes, but he hasn't been consistent. And so I'm going to, I'd like to see, I know I'm kind of going against the, like we have tape on him kind of thing, but here I kind of lean towards Zach Moss. If I had to choose between the two of them who I'm targeting a fantasy draft, Tony squares, you have the sharp on your show and the sharp is inside information. You don't even bother to ask him. I was texting with Buffalo Brett, all this pre all this training camp, Buffalo Brett, the most plugged in bills fan on this planet. He is very, very high on Zach Moss this year. Uh, thinks thinks Singletary might be de- de- uh, designated to like a third down scat back, but he's been high on Zach Moss since he got drafted. So that makes me think, regardless of who starts out with that job, that's Zach Moss's job to keep. Good. I liked hearing that a lot because I hope it's Zach Moss as well for personal reasons. As for what you just said, it might be someone's job to start, but a guy coming up the rear end during the season. This is where you make your money when it comes to a fantasy draft. You find the James Robinsons of the world. You go back to 2013, you find the Alfred Morris when no one knew who's going to be the Washington football team starting running back that year, and then Alfmo comes in as an undrafted rookie and has a 1,000-yard season and wins people fantasy leagues, yours included. I'm going to one team in particular, one team that has a big question mark at running back, and one team that is supposed to be very good this year, a playoff-bound team, maybe even a Super Bowl contender. And did you boys know that since 20 2012. 
a Kyle Shanahan-led offense has only once had a running back below a top 13 level. Only once. I did not. That's a great stat. San Francisco 49ers. Right now, it's Raheem Mostert's job because he is the guy that has been there before. And we know that Mostert's a speed demon. He ruined my Green Bay's chances to go to the Super Bowl two years ago. But he has injury problems. He does not complete in a full season. In the third round of this draft, they drafted a guy out of where, Our Drew? Michigan fan isn't going to like this. Ohio State, uh, Mr. Trey State. Sermon. In the sixth round, they Sermon drafted the another mouth. running back out of LSU as well. They still have Jeff Wilson. They still have Jermichael Hasty, And they got the New York Giants' Wayne Gallman. Six running backs vying for this starting position. This, if you don't watch any preseason games, if you don't pay attention to any training camp battle, pay attention to this one. Who is going to be the San Francisco 49ers starting running back? Because they will get touches. They will produce behind one of the best offensive lines in football. Ball, and they will be a handcuff to either Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance. Doesn't matter. They will run the ball in San Fran. I love Raheem Mostert. I would love for him to be on my fantasy team. But with these rookies biting at his heels, I'm a little bit worried about that. And I would advise those fantasy players listening to the show right now, take Trey Sermon two rounds before you should. You'll get made fun of in the league chat during the draft, but you will be the one laughing last when Trey Sermon becomes a starting running back on a top five rushing offense. Now that is a Margot Robbie sexy training camp battle. That is Wolf like of it. Wall Street in the children's like nursery sexy well done tony that's a great scene for the record and we wouldn't do this show proper the west coast gamblers without giving a brinks truck bet if you've been listening to the show we give out a bet every week yours truly won money during the olympics okay we can make bets on these things but now it's time for football season it might be the last time we make a bet that's not football related but let's move on to backing up the brinks truck i've talked enough for the past few minutes i'm going to go to diggity dangles because he said he has a fun one what is your backup the brinks truck bet for this week I do have a fun one. I'm going to do my best Schaefer the Sand Trap impression. We are going to, is it the Wyndham Championship? The Wyndham the Wyndham the Tournament? Wyndham Championship. The Wyndham Championship at, at what is it, Sagecrest? Sagecrest? Before, before you Sedgefield? go, Dangles, I just want to say thank you, Xander Shoffley, for finally winning the big one when none of us had money yes. on you. I know, right? Yeah, we've all bet on him at some I'll, point, and yeah. I'll send you the screenshot of my 12-1 to winner, but thank you, guys. Gold medal for Xander. Go, America. Dangles? All right, let's do this. Wyndham Championship. Guys, this might be a square bet, and you may have seen this out there, but I just, I just love it, and I just think you got to run with it. My bet is not an actual bet. It's a bet on a person. You can kind of bet on it however you want. i got a couple of options to give you. Webb Simpson, since 2012 at the Wyndham Championship, that's 11 tournaments. He's won it once. He's got six top five finishes. He's only finished outside the top 25 once. And he named his daughter after the championship because he's so damn good at it. It's ready-made. He's minus 110 to finish in the top 10. He's plus 175 to finish top five. He's plus 800 as the top American, which is a little risky, I think. But I'm probably personally going to go with the plus 175 top 10 finish. If you're really feeling skittish, you you know, that's why I threw out that minus 110 because that's not a terrible price to pay for, uh, for a top 10 finish. But I'm betting on Webb Simpson this weekend. I think you'd be stupid not to. Dangles, it's like it's gonna, the same gonna, thing with betting on Lee Westwood after he got after he ran away to Vegas and got married. Dangles, I'm going to back you up. I got three tournaments left with a partner in a one and done pool, and I am at the top with three tournaments left. Would you believe in my one and done pool this week? I am playing the one and only Webb Simpson. Wow! And during dur- during Shark my approved. during my 
During my research on this tournament, I've not only found out all the statistics that you just said about Webb's finishes, he has won at this tournament only $3.8 million in his appearances. <laughs> I would name, I would change Colt's name to Wyndham if I made that money in that golf tournament. Wow, that's amazing. Before we get to Drew's back up the Brinks truck battle, I'll give you mine real fast. I don't know if you guys heard, in the world of football, the biggest name did not have to do with the NFL this year. Lionel Messi left Barcelona for France's mm. PSG. He is no longer with Barcelona, the team he's been with his entire life. Now Barcelona goes into the Spanish La Liga season without their talisman. They are lost without him. In fact, I'm going to La Liga, and I'm looking into the future because I'm making my first football future bet of this podcast, not in the NFL, but rather for Real Madrid Real Madrid to win La Liga at plus 120. They are the favorite. They are the Novak Djokovic of this league now that Barcelona doesn't have Messi. They're running around with their heads I cut off. It. They my have boys. They All have Madrid. owners and presidents being arrested for tax fraud in Barcelona. It's crazy at FC Barcelona. Atletico Madrid is the third favorite. They're not going to do enough. Real Madrid has the firepower to run away with that league. Cash this ticket, plus 120 for Real Madrid to win La Liga. Drew? Close us out with the Sharps back up the Brinks truck bet. Guys, you know I love you, but I think my text got uh, misconceived in the group. I thought we were talking football, boys. Football's on this weekend. I did my prep. The Sharp is I had, like I had a, a backup baby, bet on the Pats-Washington game the sharp of this week. Is is like a baby turtle going towards the ocean. This is his natural habitat. The season has hatched. The Sharp is the turtle. I'm heading into the surf. Because I am betting on fucking football this weekend. I picked out a couple trends. Heard Ross, Ross Tucker on his podcast. Awesome podcast. Great trend. First year head coaches, first game at home in August, tend to do well. Why? Let's think about it. You know, new regime. You got, you're got you trying to sell some more tickets. And, you know, they want to prove that they have some coaching acumen. They want to prove to fans it's going to be a good year. This, there's three situations in the first weekend of preseason games that this falls on. We have the Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to the Philadelphia Eagles. We have the Buffalo Bills traveling to my Detroit Lions. I'll lean Philly and Detroit, but I can't in good faith put money on that. However, the Tennessee Titans are going to play the Atlanta Falcons where head coach Arthur Smith is making his head coaching debut. And where did he come from last year? None other than the Tennessee Titans. I think the Falcons, clearly more motivated. The Titans, the, everyone knows what they are. I don't think they're going to really play anybody. Neither the Falcons, but at a pick him, the home team, first NFL bet of 2021, put in the books, Schaefer the Sharp likes the Atlanta Falcons in a PK on Friday night to beat the Tennessee Titans. And a bonus side, just for dangles, the Washington football team is playing the New England Patriots. Now, both of those units, I would say, probably, arguably, top two defenses in the entire league. As you know, week one of the preseason, they're not going to play any starters. No. I think the second units on offense and defense, the offense clearly is going to be mo more motivated. The total on this game is 36.5. Yeah. Now, I know, in theory, you're supposed to kind of stay away, play unders, play unders, play unders. I disagree. I think this number is way too low. It's not. We're not even asking you to get to 41. I'm playing over 36 and a half Washington, New England on Thursday night. 
Now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you are listening at home, I am contractually obligated to mention this. If you do bet on preseason football, you can call 1-800-GAMBLER to say that you have a problem because no one in their right mind should be betting on guys who will be selling cars in a, in a month. Sorry, Drew. I can't do and it. Also, and also, speaking from a square to a sharp, the square would say that you don't bet on preseason football because like the NFL draft, it's got some of the biggest positive why do you think the books have a 500 dollars limit you moron because if they why do you think that because it's easy also it's considering easy. what we've been betting on over the last like five months preseason football doesn't seem like we've been betting on like the kbo and like tennis and and you know yeah, i know golf is an exploding sport but like the olympics come on like professionals I mean, play yeah sports well, books literally limit limits on on Limits on preseason football because they know they will get the floor wiped with them uh, because the pros will swoop in and grab the numbers. So let's see. Falcons PK over in the Washington Patriots game. Pardon me if I don't want to bet on a Mason Rudolph versus Cooper Rush preseason game. I'm sorry. Have just fun just with, not ha- into it. Have fun with two quarters of Jarrett Stidham with that over. <laughs> and that is it. For the West Coast Gamblers, my name is Tony Cavallo. As always, I'm joined by Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio, and Schaefer the Degenerate, Drew Schaefer-Crookston. We are the West Coast Gamblers, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Next week, we are doing a fantasy-specific show with our boy Chris Dell. After that, it's all about NFL preview shows. We have prop shows coming, future shows coming, and of course are never replicated, often duplicated, never replicated. That's the phrase I want to say. Marry, fuck, kill, divisional preview shows. I'm so excited for that. It's NFL season, boys. It is NFL. I I made a Sunday ticket purchase this month. I made a Game Pass purchase today. I am excited for NFL football. Are you guys excited? More than words can describe after this last year. It's really going to feel like football again, like it's back. And we got an extra week of it this year, despite the players not liking that very much. I, as a fan, love it. One more week of football. Sign me up. Count me in. Get me some units. I'm ready to bet, boys. Daddy made you his favorite. Now open wide. Oh, my God. On that note. We can't end. Oh, God. Thank you for listening. Always on black, bad stats in the pocket, whole squad, fast cash. Send the bookie, tell him bring it from the bag. No, we coming for the bag. Cub C to the G, West Coast gang. Who you betting on? Always on black, bad stats in the pocket, whole squad, fast cash. Send the bookie, tell him bring it from the bag. No, we coming for the bag. Up deep in the pocket. Goes down the field for Smith. Oh, he got it. Smith. Touchdown, 85 yards. Dub C to the G. West Coast Gamblers. Hit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing, to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Ride on!